Factory Stock Podcast is back. Hello, everyone. I'm Joe Costello, and we'll be speaking with our first winner of the 2020 Factory Stock Showdown season. Aaron Stanfield will join us just seconds from now. Aaron picking up the win over Cowboy Mark Powick, the final round of the Denso Spark Plugs U.S. Nationals. It was a massive race. It was an entertaining race, and we'll go behind the scenes with the winner to hear the stories that have yet to be told. And then we'll look ahead to the Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals, the next race on the samtech.edu factory stock showdown season. Aaron Stanfield joined us right before the race. We heard from Chris Holbrook, who said he was not going to be there. Certainly, the Cobra Jets stood by their point, did not show up. Only the black hammer of Kevin Skinner was not a factor in the end. It was Aaron Stanfield. Just seconds away, we'll be talking about the Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. But first, it's all brought to you by Samtech.edu. Start your education at full speed with the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience. In the lab, on the dyno, and at the track, in addition to Blockhead and CNC programs, Sam now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an Associate of Applied Science degree. And SAM is a military-friendly school approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today. All right. Time to get into it with our Denso Spark Plugs U.S. Nationals winner. He is also the points leader. Joining us now, a first-time winner in Factory Stock Showdown, Aaron Stanfield. Aaron, congratulations. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me on again. I, I appreciate it. In, in a much better situation than last time, but I appreciate you going on the record in what was a very difficult situation. Chris, obviously, and, and, and the CJs were making a point. You're just out there racing. You came on. You talked about it. You previewed the race. You went out. You were number one qualifier, and you won it. That's a huge weekend. We had a, we had a really good hot rod. I mean, myself and all the all the guys my dad we've all been working really hard to try to make sure all all of our cars run as good as we can make them run um you know it was definitely unfortunate to not see uh see the cobra jet guys or the other cobra jet guys out there racing with us um you know i would have much would have much rather that and i wish we could find a way to make that happen and uh to to try to you know to try to keep parity and try to keep everybody as happy as possible but Nevertheless, it was a really good weekend. Yes. And and I want to talk about the weekend. I want to talk about the race win. I want to look ahead to the Gator Nationals. But then I do want to address some of the naysayers out there as if you guys as a, a Chevrolet-powered team want uh, the Fords to not be there. It's quite the contrary. You got, you, you, you're friends with these other racers. You want them to be there. You want to race against them. You want the challenge. But we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about the, uh, the race that was and the people that were there, the qualifying effort that was. And um, you came out on top. So just take me through qualifying a little bit before we get to eliminations. The first round, we just wanted to wanted a, we had a different engine in my car and we just wanted to make a uh, nice a to b clean pass and um you know it, it ran really good for the for considering how we had the car set up and in the second run we uh tuned her up a little bit and i mean 
whenever I whenever I left the start line, I was like, "Ooh, this is going to be a really good run," um, and it and it was, and uh, just, I mean, everything just came together. The car was set up perfect. We had the perfect tune up in it, and we were making the horsepowers. Getting getting the power down low, like getting all of it. That seems to be the secret to these cars. You could easily blow off the tires. You could probably blow off the tires every run if you wanted, but. You can typically see if it's going to be a good run or not by the 60-foot number. I know when I'm calling races in the tower, that's the first thing I look at. And if I see uh, you know, a low 1.2, okay. If I see a 1.1, then get ready. It's going to be great. Yes. You know, a lot of times these cars uh, do wheelies, and, and you can't always totally trust the 60-foot uh, number. But, you know, we always say if our, our, we know if it's going to be a really good run or not. By the time we hit the 330 mark, um, you know, because the car is really marching by then. And, uh, you know, it just everything comes into play. They're they're very they're very finicky cars. Um, you know, you can you can spin the tires or have the car set up a little bit too loose in the front and do a big wheelie. So it's just about finding that perfect balance. And, and Q2, we really I mean, we just nailed it. So <laughs> and uh, what was that uh, the 91? What was the ET on that one? You kind of moved shocked. It went a it went a eighty seven eighty seven um, eighty seven something that on Q two. That is getting after it and was a, a very entertaining. But then the race we got to remember it was a thirty two car field uh, intended. We didn't quite have thirty two cars. Cobra Jets not being there, notwithstanding. But I still like the fact that. Um, expanded field for Indy. I'm happy that NHRA and Samtech got together to do that. Even though that that first round there were some by runs mixed in, I still think it worked out for everybody. Yes, I, I think it uh you know, it's it's just good for everybody to be able to um come out and compete. And uh, you know, a lot of times uh on these sixteen car fields we have we have still very good race cars that, that have to go home that, you know, spend the money and work really hard and, and, and have a lot of smart smart people with their program and and sometimes it's just how it falls out that a good car doesn't always qualify. Yeah. So it, it was, it was just a, it's good for everybody to get the chance to come out and get some runs and compete. And it was, uh, it was fun and entertaining, kind of a bizarre weekend. We had some interesting stuff go on. One of the things that I was kind of unsure of Stephen Bell, who was your first round opponent, he's coming out of your team. You guys are both Stanfield prepared cars. It was kind of interesting to walk by your pit a few times. And as much as your car was going down the track, he was having trouble getting hooked up. Yes, well, actually, um, we we didn't really have any any traction issues. We were fighting some type of electrical gremlin, and um, you know, it's just funny how funny how those things work out. I mean, we went testing two weeks before, and the car ran ran really good, and, and take it to Indy, and we're can't get it can't get it down the racetrack, and we just we just fought some problems, and you know, you carry that over in the first round, um, you know, we're, we're trying to obviously fix the problem. And, uh, so I, I know that I am, I first round, of course, I have a car that can run just as fast as me. So I couldn't, I couldn't really back off. Um, and we, we had to go out there and make a, make a solid, you know, a solid pass for first round because I had a, I really had a fast car. And that's 789.9 to get the job done. But I always like to look at what you did on the starting line and 012 reaction time. He's 028. Steven's a lever two. And that was a, a very intense race. But uh, putting up an 89, that gets the job done. It kind of sets the tone. 
uh, as the number one qualifier, as the favorite. I know the Janik brothers have to be pretty stoked about uh, what's going on. Uh, you were running Pro Stock as well. So tuning all the cars, running Pro Stock, very busy weekend. Very busy weekend. Um, you know, we had a lot of stock and super stock customers. And, um, you know, we just, it was just just a typical, typical Andy. We are just, um, you know, trying to do the best we can do. And, um, you know, the Janik brothers, they were, they were pretty pumped up and it was really cool to be able to get that, um, you know, get that first Wally, uh, Wally for them and to be able to do it at Indy. That's just, you know, that's the, that's the one to do it at. So. Amazing. Amazing. Waldemar Rodriguez, second round. Um, you know, he got through first round, but backed it down a little bit. You go seven ninety six seven. Is that all weather conditions? Is that trying to play it safe against competition? You feel like you have outpowered, Take me a little bit into the race strategy uh, on a run like that. I wouldn't really say that, um, you know, we um, we just we wouldn't try to back off because we think we have somebody covered up. Um, you know, anything can happen, happen in drag racing. So um, we just we just felt like the track might have not had been as good as it was um, first round. So we uh, we just pulled we pulled it back a little bit, and we felt like that that first round of eliminations was a really aggressive run, um, and and I didn't feel feel like it was necessary to to make that aggressive of a run with the track that we didn't think was quite as good. So uh, we we backed it off just a tick, and and really I think we we might have backed it off just a little bit more than we anticipated on. Got it. And meanwhile, David Janik going to the third round of racing as well. So he's having a good day. Unfortunately, against Dan Condon, he kind of uh, left a little early, either pushed through the beams or or left early, which is unfortunate, but still a good day for them. You take down Jesse Alexandra, Mark Powick gets around. So there's going to be uh, a buy run because of the, the way we talked about the 32-car field. 792-1, Jesse was 797. You left first, 026 reaction time, 121.6 foot and that was a pretty close race yes it, it was a that was a good race i mean i i had been watching jesse uh, throughout the day and he had been driving driving pretty good and making consistent runs um so i knew we needed to make a we need to make a good clean pass have a good light and um you know have a good et so uh we we tuned it back up of course and and uh we were able to to make a solid run and you get the buy run into the final other side of the ladder. You got Cowboy Mark Powick, who has been really fighting hard to get back into the winner's circle, uh, going up against Dan Condon uh, and 796-6 for Mark. And that sets up the final round. Had you been keeping track of your competition and, uh, in specific, the Dodges, which they had a good race. Powick goes to the final round. They were able to uncork some big runs. Uh, what was your analysis of the final before you raced it? So going into the final round, um, you know, it started uh, the lighting outside started to get a little darker. The track starts to cool down. Um, you know, I felt like we made a, a solid run on that by run, and I kind of wanted to, to leave it right there in that range. I felt like it was a, um, you know, aggressive, plenty aggressive. Um, you know, it, it was it was pretty, pretty mean. And I had been watching Powick's uh, splits, and, and that's something, you know, not everybody – pays attention to is is the split between the finish line and half track and that really tells you how much horsepower something has is how you know how well it's running what we call down the back and um he had been running pretty close to me down the back as we would call it um as me all weekend and i had just been been getting a little bit better 60 foot and 330 numbers so 
um, we wanted to make a solid run because we knew if he sixty footed good that we would be we would be it would be very close ETs. And uh, I know that they were excited to be in the final round after the struggles that they have had. He left on the on the starting line by two hun twenty seven to forty seven. But you had what appears to be your best sixty foot of the day, and there's that seven ninety one number coming up in the semis on the by run and in the final seven ninety one eight beats his seven ninety seven nine. And you're the U.S. Nationals winner. And I hadn't really put it all together. You win so often, Aaron, that this was your first showdown victory. You've raced a lot in this category. This had to be a huge milestone for you and your dad to be able to go out there and celebrate the program with a victory. Absolutely. We've, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, of course, I, I, I take the same pride of, as if Stephen Bell were to win or David Janik or Arthur Combe, you know, I, I, I find a lot of joy out of being able to do my part and help them get victories. But it was very cool to see not only my hard work, but my dad's hard work. Um, Colin, uh, Colin and Connor, they're both Sam tech graduates. And, uh, I mean, we beat on this stuff pretty hard and, um, it, it was just cool to see our, uh, our hard work and, uh, dedication pay off. Yeah, big deal. You mentioned the Samtech grads. They were fired up. And uh, uh, just a big victory to go out there and get it done. You've celebrated. Like, what do you do to celebrate that one for our Factory Stock Podcast listeners out there? All right, you just won the U.S. Nationals in the time of the pandemic. Uh, What did you do? Hurry up and get back home and get back to work. (laughs) Well, that makes uh, sense. And, uh, you know, don't you guys have a hurricane coming at you right now? Like what? Um, it's, I think it's actually going to, it's going to go a little east, um, of us. And, and I think, uh, miss, miss, miss us, of course, we're, we're a little bit further north than the coast. So, um, it, it won't, uh, won't probably won't affect us too much, but hopefully it doesn't hurt everybody down South too bad. So true. So true. Let's talk about the Gator Nationals now in this compressed season. Uh, all of a sudden things are wide open in that Drew uh, and Bill and, and uh, people who would be contending and Chris for the championship, they didn't show up to the last race. I don't know what the plan is. Are they just not going to show up to any races? There's some new reporting on competitionplus.com. I suggest everybody go check it out. Ned Walliser has said that they're going to keep it with the 790 in great conditions as a target. Um for the category, a parody category. I get and understand that. We've seen the Cobra Jets capable of running extreme elapsed times down in the 750s in uh, the NMCA rules configuration. So I don't know whether or whether or not they're going to come to the Gator Nationals or not. But as Alan Reinhardt, my partner in announcing, always says, the race is not about who's not there. The race is about who's there. And I know you're going. So what's your plan for the Gator Nationals? Um, we're just going to go out there and and uh just try to keep making good consistent runs um you know it, it obviously is going to depend on depend on how the track's going to be is 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 going to be you know along with the weather is going to dictate how fast we are able to to go and uh you know i really wish the cobra jets would come out and compete with us um you know i, I think it would shake things up shape shake things up a little bit and um you know um we're just gonna try to stay focused on the job we've got to get done 
Yeah, you can't you can't worry about the people who aren't there. But let's address that a little bit because uh, I I like to imagine listening to the podcast. We got fans of Ford and fans of Dodge and fans of Chevrolet and then fans of all of them, which I've kind of morphed into over the years as a Pontiac guy. You know, uh, there's never a time where you don't want your competition to show up, right? Like that's the the part of the challenge to go out there. They they got something that makes a lot of power. They've proven to be able to overcome obstacles in the past. It would be better if they showed up. Am I right about that? Absolutely. I mean, competition's all about pushing each other. Um, you know, and I'm going to say that not uh, along with many of the other competitors, uh, the Fords have really, you know, pushed us to, to keep working really hard and, and uh, keep trying things and keep testing. And, and uh, you know, I've, I can give them a lot of credit on, on how, on how our performance was at this last Indy. Um, they, they, they pushed us to, to, to keep getting better. And, uh, you know, I, I just, like I said, I just, I wish they would come out and compete with us and, and, uh, just see, see how, see how everything goes. I think it would be some good racing. Yeah. We, we want to see racing and, uh, the Gator national, such a big race. Um, you know, can't predict who is going to be there. Uh, it's not too late yet, so we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe this podcast will motivate them, and uh, you certainly making a call out like, "Hey guys, come out!" And I, I think we should. Now, looking at the point standings, though, um, you're the points leader. Powell can second, Jesse Alexandra third, and you've got a decent lead. This championship is out there for the taking, and I know that you guys are focused on that. Absolutely, it's um, it's total focus here. I mean, we've we've had um. We've had other engines on the dyno and, and still trying to find, still trying to find some horsepower and and figuring out how we can get better. And um, you know, the the championship is is a long ways away. It's a lot can happen in in the remain in the remaining races. Um, but like I said, we just got to go out there and if we can go rounds, it'll take care of itself. We had such a nice schedule lined up for us this year with like a race and then two weeks off and then another race. It was going to be great. And obviously that got uh, totally destroyed. Aaron, congratulations. Thank you for coming on Factory Stock Podcast, talking about this victory and such a milestone for you, your dad, your now father-son indie winners. And that's a big deal. He and Pro Stock, you and Factory Stock, that's just got to be the best feeling in the world. Congratulations. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron Stanfield with us here on the Factory Stock Podcast. We got a winner, baby. We got a winner. First time this year. Are you kidding me? The first race, we didn't have a winner. Bill and Chris Holbrook did not run the final. We didn't get to speak with a winner. So we had to wait into September to get our first winner interview here on Factory Stock Podcast. Now, one guy who has not left us hanging this year and has really been the backbone of the show in more, more ways than one is Brian Massengill from samtech.edu as we get ready for the Gator Nationals, and he joins us now. Brian, welcome back. We got a winner, Brian. We have a winner. The, uh, one winner out of two races. That's great. That's good. Yes. Um, congratulations to Aaron. You know, obviously, I, I talked to him after the race and everything like that. Um, I know that uh, the Janik brothers are excited to have uh, that car in, in victory lane. I know Aaron and Greg and, and Scrap and everybody over there, Colin and Connor, our graduates that work with them. Everyone's real proud of them, and, and that includes Archie and Stephen Bell, you know, his, his teammates. So um, that's a good win for the Stanfield team, a good win for Aaron, um, adding his name of 
national event winners at the U.S. Nationals. That's that's a that's a really big deal. I had um, I hadn't realized that this was going to be as we we're getting ready for the final round. I'm sorting it out. You got Mark over there. We know how meaningful it would have been to Mark to win that race, but Aaron had never won a showdown race. All the effort, and he's been a face of the category since the very beginning, and had yet to get his race win. Uh, tuned I, a lot of race wins, so this this was a very big one for him. It, it definitely was, and again, it was a big one for the, the whole Stanfield team. Um, you kind of look at where they started with Stephen Bell, and then adding Archie, and then um, adding the Janics, and and having uh, Randy last season, and then Aaron kind of was driving um, one of Stephen's older cars. Uh, you know, not necessarily as a blocker, but in that kind of capacity. Uh, but this this win, you know, he, he showed that he's one of the best young drivers out there in the NHRA in any category. I mean, I, I, between that's pro stock or uh, anything else he does in the sportsman ranks. So, um, I mean, he, he's a great young driver. And talking about it, I think I texted you um, after the quarterfinals headed into the semifinals. And I said, we're going to have a first-time winner in this class. And and um, that's what I like to see. You know, I, I, I don't root for anybody, but I want to see a different winner every race, and I want to see good, close racing. And, and that was something that we had um, going into the finals. Uh, and, and even in the, the semifinals there, we had somebody's day was going to get made, and, and three people's day wasn't. But there were people that hadn't been in the semifinals and that had never made the finals also that um, would have been happy to be there. Obviously, you want the win, but uh, but really good racing it was good to have the Dodge in there and a Chevrolet in there. Uh, I know that the, the, the gate or excuse me, the U S nationals were kind of dominated by those Chevys. Uh, I think that they had over 20 Copos there and then one Ford and two Dodges. So it, it's always good to kind of have, um, those, the brands and the manufacturers rather, uh, both of them in the finals that we could get in there, not just one, uh, manufacturer dominating the class. Well, exactly. And that brings us to, you know, what is kind of an awkward situation. We all heard uh, Chris on the show last time out, and we know what's going on there with parity. Uh, I referenced Competition Plus has got some new reporting and a new quote with Ned Walliser about parity and category and what they want to do, keep it a, a you know, a 79 second category in good conditions and that they're kind of in the neighborhood, et cetera, and so on. And we also know what Chris told us last time about just uh, feeling like it's always they've got to they've got to fix their cars and change their cars and spend a lot of money on their cars. But that having been said, these races are going on. And what do we do as people who love the category, people who love the cars, who want to see it go and evolve and become you know bigger and better and more fans watch like how do we square the cars that aren't there you know like how do i talk about cars that aren't there i'm looking at the the entry list right now and there's a bunch of chevrolets kevin skinner the lone cobra jet and man do i love that guy the black hammer he's going to get all the love for all the ford fans because he's showing up and he's putting up a fight and if he goes out there and wins the amelie motor oil nhra gator nationals it's going to be a huge victory for him I just wish more people would try to put up the fight. Uh, I get it. But if you're sitting at home, I can't do anything with that. I got to talk about the people that are at the race. That's true. That's 100% true. Showing up is half the battle, right? So um, I, I 
told the Skinners I appreciated them coming out there, and I know that they've been hit uh, pretty hard in all last year and this year, but they're still a very, very good team that's very, very capable of winning. Um, they're always kind of on that edge of knocking on the door of a win there. Um, no matter what track we go to, they, they have their, you know, what together. Um, one of the big things is, it's like you said, if, if you're not there, we can't tell what you need or what you don't need. And, and did they get it? Did the NHRA get it right? We have a very, very small sample size for the Ford. We have three, uh, two qualifying passes and one pass in the, uh, in the actual eliminations. And, and so that's not really enough data to go on to say, Hey, we, the, the NHRA did something too much or they didn't do enough. And, and, and I understand the frustration because it is getting very expensive to be a Ford driver um, the last year and a half uh, in the factory stock showdown. There's, there's no two ways about it, but at the same time, the Chevrolets have been hit almost every single time the Fords have been hit. The Dodges uh, were hit, not in the same way that the, the Fords were hit, but, um, but it is trying to get everybody to where it is close racing um, to, to where we can have that parity. And, and I just, I, I have a lot of respect for the Skinners for showing up and, and working hard on their cars and, and doing what they can. And I, I know that, um, some of the other racers that had been with us are over in other series racing and they're having a great time and, and, uh, kind of dominating those classes the way that they dominated last year they worked really hard and they won a championship and won seven out of eight races last year and so um so far we've had two races and one winner and it one of those winners uh that the one winner that we're missing should have been a ford um, whether that would have been holbrook or skillman would, would have been a toss-up but uh but no it is it, you got to show up to race and and to get your voice heard you know you got to be there um Right. Well, the sample size you mentioned, the sample size is a perfect example. It's like, okay, if we're trying to get things right now, we really don't know. Kevin Skinner did not have a great weekend. The car didn't perform. But based on that one car, we just don't know enough. Like maybe there was a a step over the line a little bit much with that last rules change. And they want to bring it back in the other direction. But now they can't do it. And it's... And, and there's a lot of there's a lot of the racers that I've talked to, whether it's Ford, Chevy, Dodge, current, old, whatever uh, racers that have raced with us that are, hey, you know, we need a rules package that we can keep for three or four races. Well, four races is half of our season. That's you can go out and dominate. And we say, hey, or we the NHRA, if the NHRA says we're not going to make any changes um, for half the season. Well, that still gives you four races and four races is a pretty good head start on uh, not making a change. And then if they get the change wrong and say, okay, well, we told you we we're only going to make the change once a year. Y'all still didn't get hit enough. Well, that, that whole season is basically thrown away. Now I get it. Um, they are spending a lot of money making changes after every single race, but I think we are getting closer and closer to that number. I think that we've been there and then some changes were made that, probably shouldn't have been made um not to the extent that they were at least and and it'll be okay we're going to get back to any given race day any manufacturer can win we're going to get there you know dodge is submitted and is committed to building their cars that uh next for next year um i know that the chevys are going to be out there there's plenty of them already out there but there's going to be more that come and race with us and hopefully there's more fords that come and race with us also so. Yeah, well, ex- exactly. That's what we want. And 
uh, fans of the Cobra Jet, they're being deprived of somebody to root for. And it's a chance to make a statement. And I understand the statement. Hopefully everybody is working behind the scenes. Uh, you know, if they need a moderator, I'm available, <laughs> <laughs> right, to, to kind of bring everybody together. But I can tell you that it's not as much fun when a lot of our great racers are not there. But at the same time, if you're uh, Jesse Alexandra or David Janik or uh, Dan Condon, who had great weekends and got to experience going rounds and getting down in the rounds and what it's like, it was n- it was no less meaningful for those guys. Like the people who show up and experience the race are the ones that are going to take the most out of it, and they're going to learn. And uh, you know, we'll just have to see. I hope I hope there's enough time by the time that this thing hits the airways for some of the Cobra Jet teams to decide. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go get in on this deal and see where we're at and try to continue to sort things out to get to a positive place. Um, Because if they don't, we're still going to be in a position of not knowing. But again, people do what they want to do. And that's the moral of every story. Like, what is it that they want to do? Chances are they're going to do it. And if they if they don't feel like going racing, if they're having a great time under that other rules package, which I understand they're going super fast. They're going very, very fast. They're going I mean, they're super pushing fast. the limits of that's one of the big concerns is is um, pushing the limits of the roll cages of, of the safety equipment on the cars. And I, I don't think any of the drivers are going to uh, hopefully I, I don't believe that they are going to do anything to uh, put themselves in harm's way or um, to do anything reckless in any capacity. But uh, but they are right up against the the specifications for the cage a 750 cage and uh over in the nmca they're knocking on that that 750 number they're in the 750s which is uh, amazing it's amazing (laughs) right no it is it really is it is it's it's incredible and so um it's not that we don't want that over here in the nhra it's just they are taking a different approach to uh the safety and the speeds and everything like that than than the other series so and uh, I, I did a fair amount of personal research that for Factory Stock Podcast, we can call it reporting, but it's really just WFO Joe talking to people. And the idea of a 3,600-pound race car going 183, 184 miles per hour is it's amazing and shocking and all of these things at once. But when you talk to people like really talented race car drivers and the first thing that they'll say is like, that's not for everybody. Like that's right. not for everybody going seven fifties in a 3,600 pound car on a nine wide tire is not something that just anybody can do. And uh, no, it, it, it is a, I mean, you are on skates basically, right? Like, I mean, you are on a very, very narrow uh, uh, tire there that compared to every other class that, that is running the speeds and the mile an hour and the ETs that we're running. And we, and then throw on another thousand pounds at least. And, um, it, it's a little hairy for sure. And anything happens at that top end at 183 miles an hour, it's not going to be good. So, um, I understand where the NHRA is coming from, but I also understand where the racers are coming from in, in terms of what they want to be able to do. But, um, you know, again, I don't think anyone's out there being reckless by any stretch of the imagination. I just think that, um, the racers need to sometimes realize, Hey, 
maybe we should go into a different class if we want to keep going these speeds and these mile an hour maybe pro mod might be better for you pro stock might be a better class for you um but um and that is not to run anybody off i appreciate every dollar and every hour and every minute and every second that people have spent in racing in this class and i hope that everyone comes back and we can have full fields like we we had it uh uh, the Gators the first time and we'll have the Gators uh, coming up here soon and, and the rest of the season. Uh, it's it's uh, not to disparage anybody's hard work by any such no, imagination. But the opposite. But, um, it's it's it, just it, a tough it is. situation. It's a tough situation. Right, it is. And hopefully it is. everybody that, that has put in the work and, you know, how many times did we speak with Drew and Bill last year? Like, they are putting in the work, but they'll tell you, they're the first ones to tell you their vision for the category is a little different. Drew is handling this. They are approaching this as if it was pro stock. They're out there right. to destroy. And those are racers, and you've got to love them for that at the same time with the tool that they're given, the the Cobra Jet, the four-valve per cylinder. It's making amazing power. It's revving to incredible numbers. We see what it's capable of. And, you know, there's a different vision. So I, I would hope that they would come back. I'm excited about the Emily Motor Oil and HRA Gator Nationals. This is the race, Brian, where we all, where this pandemic started. One of the last racers I spoke with was Drew Skillman. We did an attention in the pits show for NHRA's Facebook page with his championship car, looking at it, sorting it out, like really excited about the start of this season. I'll be thrilled to get back to Gainesville and get it in as a as a you know catharsis for what we've gone through yeah we it, it's a good starting point and kind of a re- reset point i guess because it, it seemed like i think 90 percent of everybody that was going to be uh racing in that class is racing with us uh at the uh rescheduled event but i i also think that 95 percent of the racers were ready to race that weekend in terms of the cars were there the racers were there and, and i do wish that we would have been able to uh, kind of join in with a sportsman and and get our race out of the way. Um, it it would have been interesting to have you know as long a layoff as as we would have ended up having uh, if that had happened. But uh, I think the industry made the right call at the end of the day. Um, and and I think that you know I I understand why some people aren't going to head all the way back over to Florida uh, to uh, to try and race this one. They've already made the trip once, and it's not that. They're worried about the event being canceled, but it is not a cheap. It can be not a cheap uh, trip down there, and uh, you know if you don't think you've got the right bullet to uh, to compete and win in the class, I, I can understand sitting this one out. But um, we'll be in St. Louis, we'll be in Dallas, we'll be at uh, Nevada, you know, coming up, and and so there's still plenty of racing left. Uh, we're just a third of the way through I, have you talked to the have you announced that that we only have six races this season that that's no what you know what with? i i was that was my next question it's kind of burying okay. the lead but fortunately our audience listened to the very bitter last second of the show <laughs> uh when we asked them to rate and review and write a nice uh lead in on on apple Podcasts and spotify etc but let let's uh let's dial in on that and i think you just gave it in that all the rest of the races, with exception of Houston, there will be right. samtech.edu factory stock showdown. How did you guys come to that conclusion? Uh, that was, I had no input in that whatsoever, because if I did, we'd definitely be at the Houston track. Right, the one you know, close the, to the you. The home of, of uh, Samtech. Uh, the Samtech. And, and um, you know, I, I'm still trying to get us on that track. I know that uh, scheduling's hard, and, and they've already kind of told other categories, no, we, we aren't going to go there. And, 
And I understand that. And at the end of the day, I respect the NHRA's decision. Um, but, uh, you know, going Dallas, Houston to Vegas, all back to back to back. Um, the drivers all seemed excited about possibly doing that. Um, sadly, we won't be able to, but we'll, they'll be able to go Dallas and then take the week off and then get their butts over to uh, Nevada and finish out the season strong in Vegas. Um, we won't be running as a four wide because the NHRA won't be running as a four wide. So right. hopefully we can still have that um, next year at one of the four wide events. Uh, I, I, but, uh, you know, we're lucky to get, um, I guess that's three quarters of our race season in. That's more than a lot of the other categories. Uh, I know it's only six races, but I think that's a good number this year considering everything else that's happened and gone on. Um, I think six races is a win. Uh, there was a moment there where it didn't look like we'd get any racing in uh, for the class, and, and I'm glad that we're able to get uh, six races in. And it's all how you choose to look at what we're doing, right? If you're going to make, uh, you know, turn lemons into lemonade as best as is possible on this very difficult and challenging year. Uh, just a little bit of news, finding out, you know, PRI canceled that's something that everybody looks forward to we've got so many things that we have looked forward to you mentioned the four wide uh when you said that it made me think like man i was really looking forward to that like that was something i I... circled on my calendar i was super stoked for four wide uh factory stock showdown but this year is just let's just get to the end of it let's keep everybody safe let's get into the off season and reset for 2021 where hopefully we'll have all our racers back and we'll go at it again and um put this behind us i i agree i think that um you kind of said it there it's it's one of those things where charlotte uh when it should have been happening seems like a lifetime ago at this point but uh but that's something that i've kind of championed for was let us showcase uh let's put one of every manufacturer in the lanes and have them run down uh at the same time as as three wide and then have all copos and have all cobra jets and then have all drag packs um, just kind of something for all the manufacturers to have that photo, to have that, that image and, and for the fans of every cup of every manufacturer to have that in their head. And like I said, it's something that I've been, uh, trying to get on the schedule, uh, really since we, we took over as title sponsor of the class and, uh, we finally had it, but we didn't, and we'll get it, uh, we'll get it next year, hopefully, uh, whether that's at Charlotte or at Vegas, but, um, but we're going to keep moving. We've got uh, four races left. Hopefully we have four winners as opposed to, you know, having uh, only five. This will hopefully we'll have five winners this season. So exactly what I'm trying to say. And so, uh, yeah. since, since we're sprinkling some news in here as we get ready for the Gator Nationals, you did reference it before. And I just want to drive home the point that Dodge is now taking orders for their next version of their car, the 2021 Drag Pack, which is a big, big deal for these cars in this category. There will be a new, there will be 50 of them. They'll be serialized, 2021. And uh, the suggested manufacturer, suggested retail price is $143,485. But maybe one of our listeners wants to dive in and get in on one of these cars, which is kind of cool. You got to you know go online and, and order. But the next wave of cars is going to be built, which is a big, big deal. A lot of people were worried about, like, you know, maybe they say, nah, we don't want to do this anymore. And no, the folks at FCA are doing it. 
They, they really are. And, and I appreciate everything Dodge has kind of done, especially during this pandemic, you know, picking up some extra sponsorships and moving sponsorships around for the races. Um, that's not to say that I don't appreciate what Ford and, and Chevrolet have done over their years of the NHRA, but um, what Dodge has done, uh, you know, kind of committing to the, this class shows that there is a commitment to it, that this class isn't really going anywhere. So I expect all 50 of those cars, there's a lot of people with a lot of money who are diehard Dodge fans. Um, hopefully some of those cars end up in racers' hands. And, um, and we'll see a few of them on the track next year. I, I, I'm pretty sure I know who's going to get one, um, at least, yeah. uh, over at, at Don Schumacher. So you'd think, um, you'd think he would, I, I, I think, I think Don <laughs> might end up with one in his hand. I think that he has, uh, um, enough pull, but, uh, but like I said, hopefully we'll see some of those in racers hands and they can, uh, start getting those things ready to run, at what I assume our opening event will be uh, at the Gators, but we'll see what the schedule, the NHRA schedule is going to look like next year. We don't know where we'll be with all of this. So um, can't really plan anything, but hopefully those cars sell if they haven't already sold out of them all or taken the deposits on them or whatever they're doing. Uh, I'm but taking uh, those are going to be, those are going to be good cars. And one of the things um, some of the listeners might not know we can't just introduce a new engine combination without b- the engine or the part being attached to the car. So Dodge is still operating with old tech. I'm going to call it old technology, but they they don't get to just say, Hey, we want a new blower. Well, they hadn't introduced a new car in, I, I can't remember the last time. Was it 2016? I'm getting my years confused here, but, but so they can't just say, Oh, give us this blower or, we want this, we want that. You have to have a car attached to it. You have to, that has to be something that was sold uh, to the general public. So the Copos, there's been a Copo every year. There was a Cobra jet every two years. So that's where those changes were able to come into play. Whereas the Dodges, they, they didn't release anything. And now that they have this new car coming out, they can get a, a new blower, a new engine, a new, whatever they need that they've kind of been asking for. Um, but again, without having the car attached to it, without it being a 2020, they couldn't just uh, swap out parts uh, as easily as some of the fans had, had maybe wanted based on the way that our rules are set up and, and uh, kind of following the stock eliminator rules there. Which is what makes it interesting to so many people. Brian, excellent work. Uh, I enjoy speaking with you. A quick anecdote, as you know, uh, you know, Samtech supporting Factory Stock Podcast and getting us closer to the sport. I do my own WFO radio podcast, but I also do one for Total Seal where we uh, interview engine builders. And so on a recent episode, we spoke with Kenny Duttweiler about the big speed demon uh, piston power streamliner project. And at the end of each episode, I always say like, hey, you know, advice to up and coming engine builders, the next generation, the next wave of uh, of younger folks coming in into this field. Like, you know, give some advice to them as like the, uh, you know, the wise uh, old engine builder. And he, he went into a couple of things and he said, you know, you, you need to go to a place like Samtech. That's really helpful because they will give you, and I just, I always laugh because um, there's no better compliment than that for what you guys do, which is why we do this podcast. The people are wondering like, man, Samtech, is that something that I should do? I'm getting people all the time, whether it be Travis Hilger comes over and says, what's up? Or, uh, you know, Connor and Colin 
Coloner, uh, who who come up and and appreciate what they did. Um, it's really amazing to see. But when when Ken Detweiler is like, yeah, man, that's what you should do to all the people out there with all the advice that he could possibly give. That's the advice. That's uh, pretty impressive. No, it is. And and you know, coming from somebody like that to to for him to hold us in in uh, in that kind of esteem, that's that speaks a lot. Uh, that speaks volumes for what my parents have built here at the company and what my sister and I are trying to you know, keep going. Um, at the end of the day, we are here to put out, uh, the best machinists and engine builders we can, um, into the world. And, and hopefully that they are, uh, staying in the, the performance racing industry and, and, you know, making a living doing that. And I know a lot of our graduates are, uh, because I talk to them every time I'm at the race and, you know, I mean, um, I know that some of them are listening to this, but, uh, but it is, it, it's, a unique feeling. And, you know, my, my dad kind of mentions it a lot where, um, his ego is his graduates, you know, the, the people and their success is, it reflects on, on the school and him and what my, my parents built here. And, and, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of people that, uh, have benefited from, from being here. And, and hopefully if, uh, you know, your son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter or neighbor or, student that you have that uh is interested in this send them our way send them uh some information or request some information at samtech.edu and and we'll uh be in touch with them but um you know again for for kenny to say such kind things about us we we appreciate that and it's it's good to know that within this within our our world um the uh the esteem that we're held to is, is, is second to none so and that's that's awesome that he was bringing that up on total seal and if you ever need to know anybody uh, I know you know a million people, but anybody, uh, if you're ever looking for another guest, I, I think I know an engine builder or two that might be interested in jumping on there with you. I love it. No, that one's been popular, too. And this, uh, you know, doing podcasts for others has been really fun and interesting and exciting. And uh, it, the pat on the back from the fans of the category for this one in particular has been great. They always reach out like, hey, thank you so I can get to know Aaron Stanfield or Mark Powick or Drew Skillman. They, like, what a great character. And uh, it's because of this, and I appreciate it. Brian, thank you so much. We'll see you in Gainesville. Joe, thanks, buddy, and uh, we'll see you in Florida. There he goes, Brian Massengill with us here on Factory Stock Podcast. Kind of a deep dive into the news and all the issues surrounding this category that we all love. I just want to take a second to say to you guys, the listeners, I spoke with many of you out there at Lucas Oil Raceway. First race back uh, for me, since the whole pandemic situation, I wasn't at the first couple of races. I was at the U.S. Nationals, and I've said it in the past. If there's fans, there's a chance I'll be there. But if it's just racers, they don't really bring me in for that. So it was illuminating at how many listeners came up and said something about Factory Stock Podcast, and they love the category, and they love the cars, and they love getting to know the personalities. I would say the majority or many of our listeners are people that are in and on the teams, that work hard on the teams. And so it's very tough when we don't have certain manufacturers, certain cars come out to the race. It's very tough because we want them there. We want you there. We would love to see you there and sort it all out. So what am I saying? Like, come on out to the Gator Nationals if it's not too late. Sort out things in person. Let's try to get to the bottom of what is the better way to accomplish this deal. Am I asking? Yeah, I'm asking. I'm going to go to this one. It might be my last of the year. Who knows? But 
I just think things can be worked out better in person. And who knows where this will go. But we had news, obviously, the new Dodge. It's going to be great. It's going to be interesting. We all want to see a fun and exciting race. And we all want to see a situation where everybody feels like they got a shot to win going into the race. And then the race winner is determined by what, by what, and the race winner is determined by what happens on the track that weekend. I guess that's what NHRA is trying to do. So we shall see. If you're new to the podcast, rate and review. Rate and review. Apple Podcast is where you write the rating. You go to Apple Podcast. And five stars, if you would like, if you think it's worth that. I certainly hope you do. And write a review telling others if this thing is good, which I hopefully think you do. And we're going to keep on going. We'll have our Gator Nationals winner. And we're going to go right through the end of the season and see what this thing looks like at the end. But obviously, this is not what we were planning for. And when Brian Massengill said four wide, I thought, oh, there's another thing that we missed out on. But what are you going to do? We just got to keep plugging ahead, moving forward, trying to do our best as best as we can. Uh, I want to say thank you to Brian Massengill for putting on the show. The show doesn't happen with him and Sam Tech. It doesn't happen without him and Sam Tech. Also, Aaron Stanfield, who has been on now back-to-back weeks previously as a guest and now as a race winner. Great young kid, great family, diehard racers, whether it be super stock, top dragster, showdown, pro stock. Think of all the stuff he's got going on in his career. If you're looking for a driver to be a fan of, he's a great guy. Did want to say... Bummer for Mark Powick because he's hungry. He is hungry. I know he's going to get a win. He is knocking at the door. The time just has to be right. The racing gods, the cosmos, however you want to look at it. But uh, Cowboy did great. And I love being on the mic and announcing these cars. It has been a whole lot of fun. I'm WFO Joe. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. You can also follow at WFO Radio, which is my podcast where we cover just about everything else and sam tech has got all the twitter handles for factory stock showdown and the facebook page you'll never miss a show if you subscribe and you'll never miss a show if you follow on the social media because this is a part of our coverage of sam tech factory stock showdown really appreciate all you guys thanks to brian maskell thanks to aaron stanfield and we'll see you next time right here on factory stock podcast Start your education at full speed with the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. In addition to the block head and CNC programs, Sam now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an Associates of Applied Science degree. And Sam is a military-friendly school, approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today.